Hey, hey, this is Moments with Nderu podcast. Welcome to another episode and thank you for tuning in wherever you are in the world. So this is a space where you'll be inspired, encouraged and uplifted. Remember, every new episode will be coming every two weeks. So let's dive into today's conversation. Today's guest identifies herself as a Nigerian American who was raised in Southern California after her parents migrated from Nigeria to the States in the early 80s. Peace, along with her cousin, is the founder of a nonprofit organization called Pure Unity Inc. Its mission is to educate, inspire, and continue to expose the African diaspora on the importance of mental health and self-actualization. Welcome onto the show, Peace. Thank you, thank you. What three words would your friends describe you with? <laughs> uh, what three words? Um, I would say warrior. <laughs> uh, they would say um, energetic and um, um, another word would be, uh, um, I guess maybe team player. Nice. So when you say energetic, as a young child, were you up and about and your parents had to hold you down? Give us uh, earliest memory of your childhood. Um, yeah, I will say my childhood. I mean, I had different situations that went on during my childhood. Um, you know, at least a period of uh, separation from like my siblings. Um, so maybe during that time, um, just kind of developed sort of like a really independent um, mindset and um, always kind of really had an explorative mindset as well. And so um, uh, also I would say in terms of like that energetic aspect, my mom, you know, she would always, she always say, um, the words injinja. So injinja means you're always going, like, you know, you're going, going, keep going, keep moving. Um, and, and kind of that's, yeah, like that's kind of characterized my childhood as always exploring, um, you know, not necessarily with anybody in mind, like just my own mindset of exploring different things that, especially when it comes to like social behavior, um, behavior and people. So I'm kind of always been in that mindset of, of, of being explorative in that area. I like that. Someone who keeps on going, you're always going, going. So how did you explore your way through life to eventually um, co-found this organization, Pure Unity? Yes. So Pure Unity was uh, birthed um, through, um, I mentioned earlier in terms of uh, my childhood and um, kind of being separated um, with my from my siblings and parents for a period of about, about two and a half years or so. And so during that period, I was living with um, a family in which, you know, familiar family within our, our network of um, Nigerian community. And um, so I was living with uh, my partner. She's um, Onyinye or Ruby um, Okeke now. And um, so we, yeah, we our, our stories are so similar. Um, in which we now, after like graduate school, we, um, and I wasn't living with her at the time, but after undergrad, I would say, 
um, she called me to ask me if we would like to explore going into um, Wisconsin to pursue our master's degree. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and so on that, um, I guess, journey, right, in exploring our master's degree, um, there was a lot of challenges that happened there. But once we settled into the uh, field of mental health and going through that program, you know, it came to just an understanding that, you know, clearly, you know, 90%, I, you know, I would say like about 90% of our community is, is, is suffering, especially with the African-American community has mental health issues and mental health conditions that we're dealing with. Um, and this is everything that I'm reading in my, you know, in my studies. And so me and her, you know, we're of course in that program and that's where the birthing of the peer unity, um, you know, came about in which, you know, we're, we're gaining a very good understanding of mental health and the importance of it, especially within the African and African uh, American communities um, and wanting to be sort of a platform to educate people on the importance of it, um, but also bridging the gap between African and African Americans because we, all, we feel like that's part of, you know, how we're going to um, heal as a people in terms of our, um, in terms of our mental health. Yeah. It's an interesting thing that you have seen that the African-American and the African need to come together through the avenue of healing. Take us deeper. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we just look at the history of, um, you know, just, you know, colonialism and, um, you know, colonization, um, that's where, you know, at least what I see is, is a lot of where the pain, you know, that um, we've gone through a lot of the um, dissonance in terms of our, our identity um, has come from. And so, you know, I, we were, as Africans and African-Americans, there's a lot of root um, identity issues in terms of who we see ourselves as, you know, how we love ourselves and how we think about ourselves um, and how we treat ourselves as well um, and how we trust, you know, each other and so all that is, you know, definitely rooted in um, sort of that era of colonialism and colonization. Um, and so the fact of, of, of coming together and getting to the root issue, right, coming to that understanding of um, this is what happened, you know, this is why, you know, we've developed a lot of these different issues um, within our communities, um, both on the continent and um, in, in, the, in uh, the diaspora you know, that's when we can begin to heal because then we can begin to trust each other more and we're able to work together a little bit better um, to actually build the community that we want, you know, or the Africa that we want as well. And so that's, yeah, that's where I see that, that bridge coming in. Take us through maybe one or two steps. How do you see healing happening or how have you seen healing um, be established in your community and through pure unity? Um, so one of the steps that you know we're taking with Pure Unity is uh, we have, have a project in Nigeria called Angels Project, and so it's assisting Nigerian girls in education, leadership, and sisterhood. Sisterhood that's what the the Angel stands for, and so we uh, um, you know take um, you know enroll twelve girls. We're just finished our second cohort last year, so uh, we'll probably be going into our third cohort in the fall. 
And so we, you know, mentor these, these girls um, and um, able to kind of just give them that mentorship, giving them, giving them an aspect of, you know, because a lot of definitely Africans or even you can say Nigerians, you know, they think America's like, you know, the place to be, you have to be here. And so we sort of bridge the gap and giving them information um, in terms of, you know, loving yourself, of course, you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with wanting to come to America. There's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to expand, you know, um, expand yourself, but kind of demystifying some of those thoughts that they have in terms of, you know, America is the only place that you can thrive or, you know, moving out of your country is the only way you can thrive. So really giving them some tools to really ground themselves in purpose, um, you know, understanding who they are and how they can contribute, you know, no matter where they are, you know, especially, you know, within the continent. Um, and then also outside of, um, outside of that project, um, also involved in different, you know, organizations where we're, you know, always promoting the, the bridging of the gap. Um, and one of the, the goals that we have for Peer Unity is um, being able to essentially take students from um, the U.S. and take them into the continent. Because one of the things I would say I have seen is that anytime, even for myself, so I was born here in the U.S., but for me, actually stepping onto the continent and, you know, for the first time and seeing my heritage and seeing, you know, everything, it truly transformed my mind. And I've also seen that with others who are in my life or around me who maybe were born here or, you know, African-Americans who's also gone, gone to the continent. And again, the mindset has completely transformed. And so that's one of the goals that we do have for um, Pure Unity, uh, which is, you know, I believe is coming closer. Hopefully by next year, we can maybe have a first cohort of, of students that can go to Africa, um, you know, with that mission, because just the mere like little literal travel you know what I mean and experience there all already does some healing in the mind um in terms of identity and and loving self yeah that's powerful you know being like for me I'm based in Kenya and you know being based on the continent sometimes we may assume that people in other continents the diaspora are not really wanting to connect with the motherland, not wanting to connect with their fellow Africans. So when did you recognize that this is something that you want to pursue for the long term and that you want to see everybody in the African diaspora and the continent to become one? Um, I would say, yeah, it was during that, um, my master's program, you know, I feel like that the program you know, I think I've kind of, again, I've already had this desire of thinking about human behavior and um, understanding, you know, human behavior. But I feel like the program and reading the books and, and looking at all the things that constitute to mental health conditions, you know, um, and realizing that a majority of those mental health conditions um, are, you know, are connected to my people. You know what I mean? So there was sort of this burning, you know, sort of desire, like, wow, what is really being done about it? Like, what are we really doing? You know, how are we really contributing to this um, process of, of healing or therapy? You know, and even when I think about the therapy that I learned in um, my graduate school, I knew that was not going to be, you know, the type of therapy that is going to be, you know, healing for our community. Because again, I know part of the, a lot, a lot of the research and things are, 
are done, you know, not necessarily on, um, you know, culturally on our people or a, a, a grounding foundation of understanding of our people and our mentality and the way we think and the way we practice, which is different from the American culture. And so I think it was very important for me to, um, you know, a growing desire for me to sort of be in that um, uh, work in terms of helping people understand because there's a stigma around mental health. And, you know, it's really more associated with, you know, more of the diagnostic, uh, um, you know, disorders in terms of like um, bipolar and schizophrenia and all these things. But if you look deeper into it, there's a very, very foundational part of it comes stems from like, you know, your upbringing, you know, um, trauma, a lot of trauma is a, is a big part of it, you know, and so when we think about the trauma, you know, I remember writing a paper on generational trauma and seeing how, yeah, it's kind of gone from, you know, when you, when you look at the base of it, it's come from um, colonialism and everything that's happened through that process. And so it's like, I have to be a part of that work. And um, so seeing the connection between all the, the lies, like you just mentioned, you know, you think that, you know, people don't want to be connected, but there's so many lies that are being taught, you know what I mean, to yeah, yeah, to disconnect you from your identity. You know, even for myself, if I think about it, you know, I realize that the the pictures and the depiction of, um, I think it was um, Feeding America was actually the evil people, you know, during the Biafra War that they were showing, you know, but that depiction at the time when I was young was like, oh, I don't want to be a part of Africa. That's not my identity. I, you know, you just want to disassociate yourself from anything Black, anything Africa, <laughs> you know, so, and that is, um, you know, part of, you know, a mental challenge that, you know, we don't really look at in, in terms of our identity and how we do th things because at the root of it, you know, we are, um, as a people, creators, you know, generally we're creators. And so if we're confused about our identity, if we're confused about, um, you know, what happened, how do we work together to actually heal the community? Because it's gonna really gonna take us. Because when we think about therapy, um, that's like one of the foundational things is being connected, you know, on a cultural level, you know, elevates the level of healing versus, you know, maybe being counseled or, you know, having a therapeutic relationship with someone who doesn't understand. And so when you have that um, foundational aspect of, of just understanding on both sides, I do believe that we'll get into a, a place of, you know, being able to heal and work together in a way that actually transforms, you know, our communities. Yeah. So imagine a world where we are healed and each party knows their identity. How does that look like to you? Um, it looks like um, a, it looks like a place where, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a person who's a you know believer in the creator believer in um you know understanding that god is love and love is god right and so when you when you, when you think about that um you know there's there's a saying in the bible that says you know peace that passeth all understanding and so when you have an understanding you know of something you know there is an aspect of creating peace it's not that you know, everybody's going to be alike. It's not, you know, it's not a world where everybody's alike. We're diverse, you know, when we think about um, who we are as, a, as people. So, but if we have understanding of each and every, each and everyone's sort of purpose and, um, you know, who God created them to be, then we're able to work together. So it's a world where, 
you know, we're really highlighting people's gifts and talents and um, understanding their purpose in terms of uh, how they're going to move or um, be activated within the community um, where everybody has their place and purpose and, and, and working towards, um, you know, living a, an effective life in, within the community. And so that's how I see it is really um, people identifying and understanding the diversity. So when you have that understanding, you have peace, there's no need for like, I'm better, you know, the competition that is unnecessary. And so you just really work with people's diversity and their purpose um, to actually create a collective uh, community in which you wanna live, yeah. You know, you've mentioned God is love. And then also one of his attributes is peace. And your name is peace. So do you know why your parents named you Peace? Um, well, you know, I have I have six sisters. And so um, there's mercy, grace, love, joy, faith, patience, and I'm peace. And so, you know, I always, you know, for me, every time I say it, I'm like, it's pretty unique. You know, my dad did name all of us. And um, it is based on the fruits of the spirit. Um, and um, yeah, my dad's just been a real, real spiritual guy. Um, I haven't really asked him fully, you know, I know it's based on the, the fruits of the spirit, um, but you know, that's as much as, much as I know. If, we, if there was a boy in the family, I don't know what, you know, the name would have been, but um, yeah. That is an amazing, an amazing story. And it's interesting, the power of words that when we are intentional about what words we select and choose, it truly leaves an impact. So if your younger self was seated across you right now, what would you tell her? My younger self? Um, I, would tell, I would tell her to be fearless, um, you know, to know that, um, You know, everything is in the control of the creator. And so, yeah, that fearlessness of really um, following um, that intuition, you know, really following that, um, the spirit of, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, to guide you and be fearless. Because, you know, I think for me, as, as my younger, my younger self, yeah, I was kind of being afraid of challenges and being afraid of um, different things. Um, but yeah, I would say just being fearless and following that intuition, following that knowing that's, that was in, you know, already on the inside. I like it. Being fearless and just taking action. So we're going to enter a round of random questions. Mm -hmm. Don't overthink it. Share what's on your heart. And the first question yeah. is... <laughs> How can you tell someone has a sense of humor? How can you tell someone has a sense of humor? Mm. Uh, just by the things that they say, you know, um, it's it's a little quirky, right? Um, it's um, out of the box sometimes. And, um, and then it's funny, but it, it's like maybe even dry sometimes, but it's, it's, a, it's a quirky, you know, way of just kind of delivering information. If you were given $10 million today, what would you do with it? $10 million today? 
Um, I would definitely um, distribute a portion of it into some of the different um, organizations that I'm a part of in terms of um, international development. And um, yeah, that's that's what comes to the top of my a portion of it would definitely be set aside towards development, international development. Yeah. If you could have 10 hobbies or one passion, what would you choose? Oh, 10 hobbies or one passion? Um, one passion, I would say, uh, for sure. You know, keeps you focused and those passions can fuel a lot of different ho hobbies. So yes, one passion. Nice. And if you could interview anyone in the world, alive or passed away, who would you interview? Good question. Who would I interview past or alive? Um, I would like to interview, there's this lady named Catherine Kuhlman. She's into past. Um, she's mostly known in the um, religious world, but she was a healer. And, um, you know, and she was, yeah, she was a healer and like an evangelist in many ways. Um, but she really talked and um, she really talked about the Holy Spirit, you know, and the power of the Holy Spirit and how she led her life. And, you know, I see a lot of connections between, um, you know, her, her work um, in terms of the Holy Spirit. So I would love to, that would be somebody I would love to, to interview. What's one thing if someone was seated across you right now and they stumbled upon this term holy spirit how would you describe him to them um i would describe um the holy spirit as you know the the christ within right the notion of what we understand as the christ the um and, and that christ is someone who guides um guides counsels um gives you direction um, in all things concerning your life and purpose, reveals all things concerning your life um, to you so that you can move in purpose according to what God created you to be. Fantastic. You've mentioned purpose a lot. Tell us a little bit what purpose is and why it's important for one to know their purpose. Yes. So um, I've mentioned it several times because it's part of the, the work that I'm also involved with in terms of um, training around purpose, helping people um, develop and understand their purpose, like who God created them to be. And so when I think about purpose, it's really that your purpose, why were you created? Why were you put on this earth? Why did, you know, the creator, um, you know, there's many people who have come and gone, um, many people who have not fulfilled on, you know, why they are here. Um, but we know that everything in the universe was created for a purpose, including you as a human being. And so um, when we think about purpose, it's really discovering why you were created and actualizing on that, um, on that purpose. Now, is there anything else that's still on your heart or mind that you want to share with those who are tuned in? Um, well, I would just say, um, again, um, in terms of, you know, this, this word of healing, right? I do, I do believe that healing is a personal journey as well. Um, I do believe that you have to seek, you know, that, um, seek that healing. Um, and so, you know, I would encourage, you know, the audience, 
um, to, to seek that healing, you know, seek understanding who God created you to be, understanding, um, you know, especially within the African and African-American community, understanding, you know, the differences between, you know, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm Nigerian, so I'll, I always think of my African-American as my brothers and sisters, you know, the long lost, they're my brothers and sisters, they're family. So really seeking to understanding um, each other, um, not in the way that we've probably been socialized through social media, but again, on a personal journey of seeking and understanding, because when you do seek, you will find, and, um, you know, that's where the healing comes. There's something before we end this conversation that you've mentioned that it's a personal journey. So how do you encourage someone who, because it's human nature that we're seeking validation from people around us, but then we're not getting it, so we choose not to heal. So how do you encourage someone to take that journey of saying, you know what, I'm taking this next step of healing and whoever comes along with me, it doesn't matter, I'm on this journey of healing. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point that you bring up because yeah, we're we're constantly distracted by what people think, right? And how, how people think of us. And so um in terms of first steps, you know, is really getting to a place of asking questions, right? I think starting with just asking questions, not that you're gonna get those questions answered right away, um, but once you start to ask those questions, um, the creator begins to move in direction to bring people in your life you know, that will begin to help you um, understand and heal, um, that will be supportive. Um, and then, you know, I think the, the part of letting go of um, getting validation from others is a process, you know, it is a process and um, you just have to be intentional in your mind of keep reminding yourself, you know, and loving on yourself so that, you know, no matter what, you know, the outside is saying, you, you have that notion of, you know, love for yourself and understanding that it, it is part of the process and, and, and that it is a process as well. Yeah. So dear listeners, I hope you've picked one or two things from this conversation for me is healing is a personal journey and you can start today. You don't need to wait for anyone to tell you that you can do so. You make that choice for yourself. I know it's a process. It won't be easy, but it's worth it. So until the next episode, thank you for tuning in.